You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Four o'clock and five o'clock. We are giving away tickets just because you are listening. Those tickets are to the Washington Auto Show, so if you want a four-pack to take some buddies to go hang out at the convention center and check out a bunch of the cool new features in rides in 2023. Make sure you're listening in one hour and in two hours at 4 and 5 o'clock. We're blitzing at 4. Nick Dowd of the Caps will be on the show. And at 5 o'clock, our old buddy Ryan O'Halloran stops by. Rhino, who was for years on the Redskins beat, including uh, with me for a little while when I was covering the team. Really, really good dude who has since covered the Jaguars and the Broncos. We're going to have him on to talk about Pat Shermer. He covered Shermer when he was the OC in Denver for two years, and O'Halloran currently covers the Buffalo Bills. So we can discuss with him Buffalo and Cincinnati, a playoff matchup we're all looking forward to this weekend. He's actually at Bengals practice today doing some uh, look-ahead stuff and writing a feature on the Bengals for his uh, Bills beat job. So. A lot to cover with O'Halloran, but Pat Shermer will be the focal point of that conversation at 5 o'clock. Speaking of which, let's dive into this OC search. So here's where we're at right now, just to get you up to speed succinctly. The team has already interviewed Pat Shermer, who's been an OC four different places and a head coach in two different places. That happened yesterday. Today, Ken Zampezi interviewed. You know that name because he was the quarterback's coach here under Scott Turner. And he's looking to be elevated to the OC job, which he last had in Cincinnati, where he last called plays back in 2017. Charles London is going to be getting an interview either later this week or next week. London is a quarterback's coach with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. I've talked to some people who know him really well who say he is brilliant. They love him. He went to Duke. He's a really good communicator, they say. The, The knock, if there is one on Charles London is he's never called place. He's never been a coordinator, but everyone has to get that job sure. before, you know, they've called plays before. Right. And, and honestly, you either go on old retread or unproven wonderkind. And I'm, that'd be more exciting to me, honestly. So Charles London would be my favorite option of the names that we have heard to be completely honest. Uh, I also think he's got a tough hill to climb just because I don't think he has ends with this regime. Mm. And do you really want to come here if you can't bring in some of your own people on offense? Like, Does Ron Rivera allow him to, say, bring in his own quarterback's coach and his own wide receiver's coach or to make changes to the staff? That's not something that we have an answer to. But Charles London's an interesting name from the Falcons. He's also going to be, I think, the OC and the play caller at the Senior Bowl coming up. They're doing a new thing oh, now. Okay. Instead of having, like, the... Remember when Washington staff went and coached for the week? Mm -hmm. They basically take guys from around the league who are up-and-coming coaches. He's not like 25. He's in his 40s. But basically they they give people opportunities to be seen in different positions, so to speak. 
like the head coaches or coordinators, stuff like that. Um, so he'll be at the senior bowl coaching. Daryl Bevel, who has been an interim head coach, I believe, but a coordinator a bunch, including in Seattle for a long time when the getting was good with the Seahawks. So they've requested that interview. It hasn't happened yet. He's declined the interview, according okay. to Nick Jabal of the Washington Post. She just report that? Yes. All right. Yep. So they requested that interview a few days ago, and we hadn't heard an update. So Bevel is saying, no, thank you. That is good to know. And then Eric Studesville. He is on the Miami Dolphins staff. Studesville is the running backs coach in Miami under Mike McDaniel. So Shermer's interviewed. Zampezi interviews today. London has agreed to interview, it sounds like. And then with Bevel out, if Javala's reporting that, Studesville's the other name that we know. That's where we're at with the search at this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is not one of those... Once whoever is is hired or is an interviewee, you're not going to hear like on, on the NFL Network or, or somebody else that's really plugged in. Be like, look out for this new hot shot. The way people were talking about Sean McVay or, or some of these other guys, like a name to watch out for. This will be this vacancy is now filled. Now on to like serious matters of football. I just it's the spot they're in. You know, I mean, everyone kind of understands where we are. This is we're looking for a prom date here. We. Our tux doesn't fit. It's a hand-me-down. We have mismatched shoes, and we can't get a haircut. And we have a there. unibrow, you know? like I know what that looks like. Yeah, I, I took You're creatine. It didn't lift. You're warehouse looking in the mirror going, damn it, I had, <laughs> I had time to lose weight for this wedding. I, did, I gained, in fact. Yeah, I mean, that's where we are. And, and this, to me, the 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 Charles London school of – I have no idea if he's a great coordinator or not. I mean, I, I, listen. Nobody I, I would, does. He's never done uh, Yeah, I, I wouldn't know him from Adam. And, and reflexively, people are going to go – the Atlanta quarterback situation stunk this year. I'm, again, I have no idea if he's, a good, if he's a good coach or not. But to me, that's at least exciting and intriguing in some way. Well, here's one of the reasons why I love it. When we've talked about the idea of Sam Howell as their starter, I've brought up on multiple occasions that I want Marcus Mariota, like read options. I want you know, a Desmond Ritter-like dual threat possibility to this offense, right? He's been there designing and doing some of that under Arthur Smith, who had some of that in his game in Tennessee, which I really, really like. He's also just got a, a diversified background that I dig. He's 47 years old. He's been a scout. That's how he started way back in 2010 in the NFL uh, after he was a quality control coach with the Bears. Then he was an offensive assistant with the Titans, went and coached running backs at Penn State in 2012, was the running backs coach with the Texans, then in Chicago with the Bears before getting this QB coach's job. He's put in his time. It would be cool to see him get a chance. I've seen a lot of interviews he's done. I was watching some of his press conferences to get a feel for you know, just not only how he answers questions, but the way he views things. I, I was impressed by him uh, in just looking some things up yesterday. And then I heard the great things I did from people who know him. So that would make sense. But I want to narrow down the conversation to Ken Zampezi for a moment. Because today's MPZ day, so to speak, because he's interviewing. I wonder if fans could talk themselves into that being okay after what happened offensively the last couple years. And after, maybe more importantly, they fired Scott Turner, who was MPZ's boss. You would be admitting the offense wasn't good enough. Scott Turner, and I guess in some way inadvertently maybe saying the offensive staff didn't do a good enough job, right? That's mm -hmm. what you're saying. Wentz underperformed. Quarterbacks coach is Zampezi. Heineke, I don't know if you would say he underperformed, but would you agree? He didn't take a step forward. 
that he, I think he was worse this year than last year, statistically. I, mean, oh, I know he was worse statistically. I can look that up. I, I think that he had more really good games last year than this year in the same offense after all the playing time a year ago. Do you agree with that? Yes, he had more highs last year, and he had more lows as well. And so they just said, we're not doing any variance. We're just going to have you get 155 yards and hand it off a bunch. But he didn't make any strides, no, really. he did not. That doesn't speak too well, I would say, of the person in charge of the quarterbacks. Now, we don't know what Sam Howell's starting spot was to, to where he got at the end of the season. Right. I would say I'm encouraged by what I saw from him in Week 18. But to be completely honest, I was really impressed with what I saw from him in the preseason. Maybe even blown away. I mean, for a fifth-round pick with how comfortable and capable he looked at times in the preseason. So what is Zampezi hanging his hat on from the last few years? He's interviewing with Rivera today. Rivera doesn't have to learn a whole lot. You've been in the building. He knows who you are. He knows what your situation was. I guess I'm wondering what is his argument for why he's the perfect guy for this offense to take flight? The the case that I would make if I'm Ken Zampezi is Sam knows me. I know Sam. I've been there in the, in the rooms with him. I know how he thinks. I know how I know what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he needs to get better at, what he doesn't know he needs to get better at. I'll be there. I'm the perfect guiding hand to keep Sam Howell on the tracks for you. Right? If you've got to come in and learn a brand new system, brand new terminology for the third time in three years, that's probably not the easiest thing to do for, for a guy that you want to be the, the person that saves your bacon here. This is your kind of your last best chance to win over the hearts and minds of this fan base and take a step forward. Best way to do that is to not have him learn a new offense. That would be my case. So the case then is based on continuity, yep. for continuity's sake. Yep. I, I remember when the Capitals fired George McPhee as their general manager. He had been here forever. And they announced that they were going to hire Brian McClellan. And admittedly, at that time, I didn't know McClellan well. I didn't. I don't know that I'd ever even had a conversation with him. I'm quite sure I hadn't. But I didn't know what his strengths, what his weaknesses were. But I remember reflexively, Danny, mm-hmm. I hated the hire. Because I thought, how is it possible that this person who has been sitting next to the guy that you're telling me isn't good enough for years is the best person on the planet for this job. And you fast forward to Stanley Cup and a bunch of years later, I think McClellan has been tremendous. He has been as good at his role as a GM, I think, as anybody in hockey at keeping this window open and acquiring talent year in, year out. Guys like now Dylan Strom was scored again last night, who's 25, to kind of elongate this period where Remember that there's a two-year window like five years ago, mm-hmm. and they have since won a cup and are still making the playoffs year in and year out. He's been awesome. In my mind, though, I probably would have immediately disqualified him just because you are the assistant to the guy who I'm saying isn't good enough. And I would have been totally wrong. And I think about that and how it relates here with Zampezi and Scott Turner. I have a hard time with the idea that Turner was – not good enough, and somehow Zampezi would be better. I, that's tough to wrap my head around. Here is my here are my three data points on this, or counters to a degree. At the time, I was with you. I'm going. How, how could just logically? How could this be? The dude who was in every meeting, whose office was probably a door down from George McPhee. That's the guy. No way. But then you think about it. 
I believe McPhee was fired after the first time they missed the playoffs in, what, eight years? That Just because they hadn't done it yet in the postseason, you put together some pretty good clubs. President's Trophy winning teams, you know? Real achievement happened. I know it didn't happen in the postseason. I know they always lose to, you know, the, the Penguins in round two. But still, it wasn't as if they were a second division club, right? So that that is more justifiable to me. In retrospect, that makes more sense. At the time, I'm with you. I was pissed. Because they, they just lost again. Hadn't made the postseason. This Adam Oates experiment was terrible. Why are you doing another first-time head coach? What are we doing? What are we doing? This is bad. I'm, I'm pissed off. But in retrospect, we were wrong about that one. Were we wrong about Tommy Shepard down the hall from Ernie Grunfeld? There's a difference there. The difference is the results with Grunfeld were unacceptable. The process with Grunfeld was unacceptable. I like Tommy Shepard personally. It hadn't gotten a ton better. Logistically, it's better because he's not giving away draft picks. I would say he's done a much better job if you look at his track record of trades and things like that. I, I, I agree. He hasn't gotten himself into the terrible problems and then solved them and then looked around for credit, right? It's been more steady, but they haven't they haven't jumped up. They haven't been any good. True. I guess my point is that one, I go, you can't just go internally because nothing's been good here under Grunfeld for a long time. I apply that one here to this Washington uh, football situation. The offense was unacceptable. That's my rubbers. That's my big stamp on it. It's been so bad and so unacceptable for my own sanity. Okay. I can't have anybody associated with it having any more associated with it in the, going forward. I so just can't. I see. So you're That's saying Ryan. the Capitals hired the assistant as a team that won every year, as a team that built a good roster, as a team that was making the playoffs routinely. Yep. Goal as, away as from a team with going a really to the conference good final. Yes. And you're saying they stayed in-house. And it was a fresh set of eyes, which makes sense because they do it everything well. And you're saying this offense has been one of the worst in the sport. Everyone yeah. involved should not be in the running. And by the way, I'm sure that's not fair. Tanzan Peasy may be a damn genius. Well, and that, he, may that would be, be my, he may be awesome. My rebuttal would be people do this all the time where I remember in 2013, after the, the 2012 marvelous season and they, they make the playoffs, under Mike Shanahan, the Redskins completely fall apart, right? And it's 3-13. and 13. And I remember everyone saying, fire everyone. Mm -hmm. And my point was, if you fire everyone, this really good staff goes away. And let's hold our horses a little bit. And this is not to, to, to put a flag in the ground as a victory, as much as to say, people didn't want to hear or acknowledge or even consider that there were really good, really smart people in the building. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to hear it. They said what happened this year was so abhorrent. Guilty. And so unacceptable. Yep. Get rid of everybody. And for the people who knew what was going on and who was in that building and some of the acumen of some – I mean, we're talking about – we don't need to re-legislate now, but it's you Kyle know the names? Shanahan yeah. and it's Mike McDaniel and it's Sean McVay and it's Matt LaFleur. Uh -huh. These dudes are in the NFC Championship game. Every year they're taking turns. Who gets to coach in the Super Bowl? And just because people were so mad – Essentially, they just assumed that because they're an apple in the basket, they have to be spoiled too. Rather than going through and picking out, okay, this apple you can't eat, this one you can. So that would be my concern about just saying Zampezi, it, Matsko, anybody. Like, get out of here. Because there are people doing good things. Yep. There, there has to be. that, And that's a fair comeback. I just, I'm just saying, again, if I'm in all the meetings, if I, was, if I had unprecedented access 
right? And I could see and, and evaluate. I could, I could be more. I make an informed opinion. Hard knocks, Rui. Yeah, I have. There's this is an ill-informed opinion. I'm just telling you what my reaction would be, and I know it. And you're 100 right. The, the the 2013 case is an outstanding one to bring up here. I'm sitting here going every time I tune in to watch this dumb team on television. I'm going to watch an unacceptable offense. Nothing about it's okay. There's nothing that they do where I'm like, good, smart, nice. If you had a good offense and I didn't like the way you were doing it, I would shut my dumb mouth. I'd be quiet. If you ran it 60 times but were putting up three touchdowns a week and averaging more than the league average and playing great defense, you're we're playing this weekend. Occasionally scoring 20 points. That's a 12-win team if you were league average in offense. 12 wins if they were average on offense. They were, they've been below average or worse for three years. I just, but reflexively, the idea that it's just somebody, you know what, Ken didn't say anything while, you know, while Scott Turner was calling whatever plays it was, but man, he's got some great ideas. I just, I can't handle that. And again, it's a weakness. I'm fully admitting that I'm the crazy fan here. Zampezi's last offensive coordinating job in the NFL was in Cincinnati in 2016 into 2017. I believe he was fired after week two with the Cincinnati Bengals. September 15th, 2017, Zampezi was let go by the Bengals after the team started 0-2 and had not scored a single touchdown. Andy Dalton at that time didn't have a touchdown pass and four picks and a rating in the 40s, and they fired him, which should not disqualify him. I would make the case probably everyone who's called plays for a long time in the league has gone two weeks, where if you just looked at those two weeks, their numbers are horrendous. But... That was the last time he's been a coordinator at this level. Uh, He then went to Cleveland and became the quarterback's coach in 2018. He went to the Atlanta Legends, was the OC and quarterback's coach and play caller. The Atlanta Legends, would that have been the Alliance of American Football? I couldn't tell you. One of the spring leagues wasn't the XFL. Sounds right. He was the interim OC there. huh? Yeah, AAF, yeah. Okay. And then he was the quality control analyst at the University of Florida in 2019. He left the Gators to come to Washington with the Rivera staff in 20, and he has coached quarterbacks here for the last three years. Now, he has not had anything to work with, so I will not hold against him the horrible production they've gotten from the quarterback position. I do think it's a fair ask. Who who has been made better at quarterback here over the last three years? Now, if his rebuttal to that would be, I can't make lemonade out of an apple. <laughs> then okay, that yeah, it's good rebuttal. You know, I tip my cap to thee, but I would have liked to have seen one year before he came here. Wentz was a lot better in Indianapolis, right? Uh, we've never seen Heineke play anywhere else, but it, it just sure would be nice to see them get the most out of someone. And maybe their answer is they did that with Heineke. You know that he'll never have it as good. He'll mm. never play as well at any level as he did here. Maybe that's their calling card. But uh, let's pose this question to you guys. Let's open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Ken Zampezi's interviewing with Ron Rivera today, uh, maybe as we speak, for all we know, over at the facility. Could you talk yourself into that hire? Could you feel excited about, would you be okay with, after firing Turner, promoting someone from within on this offensive staff that has really, really struggled to get production? 800 636 1067 is how you can call us. You can also tweet us at Grant H. Paulson and at Funny Danny. And is there a case to be made? Can you make the case that Zampezi somehow would be an upgrade from Scott Turner? You're listening to G&D on the fan.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Heineke looking for the end zone. Touchdown! Dotson! Who's Jahan Dotson going to be catching passes? Who are, who's going to be designing those passes is another question, though. Who's he catching passes from? I guess Sam Howell, but we don't really know. We'll figure that out another day. Who's going to be calling the plays into the quarterback's helmet, though, that gets Dotson back into the painted area? Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. Thanks much for listening to the show, as always. Nick Dowd, 30 minutes from now, top of the hour on the Beltway Blitz. Looking forward to getting an injury update from him. And make sure you're listening at four. We got a four-pack of tickets to go to the D.C. Auto Show at the Convention Center. Today, Ken Zampezi is interviewing for the O.C. job with Ron Rivera. That is a known, I don't think, major development. That, that It is kind of a, a technicality or, or, or a formality, so to speak, in that he's on the staff. He's called plays before. He's been a coordinator before. It makes a lot of sense that he would interview. But what if he gets the job? And what if they fire Turner to promote his quarterback's coach? Could he be better, do you think? Would he be better for some reason? And can you talk yourself into being excited about that? Let's go to Andre and Chantilly. What's up, buddy? Andre. Hey, hey, hey guys. What's going on? Hey, I will say this. I actually think there is an argument to be made for Zantizi, right? Because the biggest issue, well, there's already the, the continuity argument, right? So specifically, specifically, if you're going to bring Sam Howell back, then why not? Then why have that kid learn a whole new offense, right? But the biggest issue, 99% of Scott Turner's issue, was play calling. For all we know, his offense is genius. 
but it was his Sunday executing play calling that was the biggest issue. And so I think Zampezi can change that, right? And, like, I actually really believe that play calling is like an extension of your personality, right? And so, like, if you, Zampezi strikes me more as a tough-nosed, hard-nosed dude and who wouldn't have a problem force-feeding Brian Robinson the ball if it's working. There were certain times where Scott Turner, the offense was clicking, and Scott Turner was throwing a flea flicker for no reason, right? Like, and so, it, it, you know, it was Scott Turner making the decision to line up on shotgun, on goal line, on, you know, when it's inches to game. And so I think, you know, so I think there is an argument to be made, and I think I'd actually, I can actually be okay with that, specifically for Sam Howell and just a different play caller. So as we talked about, and Danny pointed this out, the number one argument for Zampezi is Howell, if you're sticking with Sam Howell. Yeah is that he doesn't have to learn a new offense, which feels like it's invaluable. My number one takeaway from that call is I am always amazed at anyone thinking they need to run the ball more. That is just always <laughs> hilarious to me. That Pete, If your critique of Scott Turner is he didn't run the ball enough, congratulations, you and, and Ron and Marty can have a party. And I, I just, that's always incredible to me. Like, he abandoned the run. No team ran the ball more than this team that didn't have a running quarterback. Yeah, the, the in terms of quarterback takes a snap, Hands it to a running back. No one did it more. Nobody. This group. And and so the, the idea that you could want, like, he didn't do it enough is just hilarious to me, but I digress. Yeah, there were moments where you go, hey, that was working. Why is why are we giving it to Jonathan Williams on a pitch? Or why is Brian Robinson on the sideline? You could you could pick Nets, but if the general principle is run it more, oh, man, your flux capacitor must be firing all cylinders <laughs> as you're going back in time, dude. I, I What VHS are you popping in the, the VCR tonight, you know? Um the second thing about that call, he made me think of something that was a really smart point, I thought. I did hear from someone right after they fired Turner in the building who said that they thought that the scheme was really good. They thought that the concepts were really good. The play calling was bad. Mm. Now, that's just an opinion in the building. Right. That, and right. I will say it's just a, a guy who watches it like you guys do. That's really hard for us to tell, I think. Agreed. But And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just passing something along. Yep. But I know that a person in the building said that the feeling there was he knows what he's doing. Like He's got his dad's offense, and he's modified it, and he's added things to it, and he's a smart guy. But that they thought where he lacked was as an actual play caller. We had Logan on the show. Logan said if Scott Turner needed to fix anything going into year four, which he didn't get year four. This was before they fired him. Uh-huh. He said he would want to, to, to tell him, you need to call plays more to set up future plays. You need to sometimes call plays just for beta, you know, just for information. He doesn't, in, in Logan's opinion, call plays like you play pool. When I play pool, I just try to knock a ball into a hole. Yep. In a pocket, I guess they call it. I'm sure I'm, I, I'm, sure I'm a pool player. Uh, You're a sh regular shark over there. Uh, uh, Minnesota up. Fats over You're the there. hustler. Exactly. <laughs> When you play pool as a pool player, guy who plays pool listening, you are not only hitting the ball into the pocket, but you are setting up your next shot. Kyle Shanahan is setting plays up. He is getting info on you. Kyle Shanahan once called every other play out of different packages just so Vince Wilfork of the Texans at the time, who weighed 380 pounds, had to run on and off the field every other play. For the first 20 plays of the game, that was his entire script, so that Wilfork got so tired that by the third quarter he wouldn't be able to play anymore or would be useless. That's 500-level play-calling stuff. We don't do that here necessarily. Right. And so if their philosophy is really, okay, our, our concepts are actually really good, we just need better play-calling. Again, I'm not saying that I believe this or buy this, 
but maybe they think Zampezi could be the guy to unlock the whole offense with his unbelievable play call. It's just so hard for me to accept that that the commanders are the ones that are the that they unearthed the genius. The well, guy with the league said no, and they're like, we got it. And then they're right. It just it's it's hard for me to think that this staff with this situation they found like the sleeping giant. Maybe they really like that Atlanta Legends film. I don't know. Let's go to Andrew and Stafford. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Hey boys, I um I like your caps and analogies. I'm gonna throw a different one at you, and that's uh, Trotz with Reardon as his Ooh. replacement. That's a good why. One. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Honestly, I I mean he won the cup. So it's annoying to see him go be successful somewhere else. But I think the biggest thing connecting everything the Caps did versus what you, the example you gave of Shepard uh, and Grunfeld is what's the foundation that they're that they're they've grown from, and it's been success. You know, Reardon was wrong, and you see that now with Laviolette being successful. But you know, you could at least point to a reason why you thought that this was a reasonable decision. And there's nothing that Rivera has done and Snyder has ever done to say we're growing orga- organic talent and it's good fa- good dirt that this seed is growing in. There's nothing there to say that. So I like that, and that's that crystallizes the way what I've been trying to say here, right? If if this group had this amazing track record, and let's say the OC didn't get fired, let's say the OC went on to a head coaching job, which you should hope for because it means you have a good offense that everybody wants a piece of. Right, you should you should have coaches on your staff that are getting poached for more prominent roles. That's what you'd want because it means you're a successful program. If that had been the case, and I go, yeah, Ken, you slide up a chair, buddy, get a little bit nicer desk chair that reclines a little bit, get a nicer office, and dial me up some offense. But we're here at a place of failure, you know, spinning their wheels, uh, a philosophy that they stood up at the podium and were like. We need more of the less effective thing. If anything, we want to be less effective more often. Two to one ratio. Ken Zampezi. That's t- that's a tougher sell for me and a lot of fans. I think that's well said. Let's go to Skip Hicks, who is in Arlington despite having gone to UCLA. What's up, Hicks? <laughs> What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Thanks hey, for taking my call. You got it, dude. Yeah, no, I just feel like uh, I mean, I heard you guys listening off the resumes for both the guys, Zampezi and London, and I'm not saying London's like the right guy. But I think that's the right direction. I mean, Zampezi, it just sounds like a coach that's been going back and forth, trying to keep a gig, bouncing from town to town. And you got a guy like London who's an up-and-comer. Like, you got to go with a guy with the innovation. you got to go with a guy, I mean, a young guy, a young quarterback coach, working with a young quarterback like Al. I mean, I think that's just as good. And the, the job of an offensive coordinator anyways is to make things easy, to dumb it down for these guys and make it easy and then build off that. And I think if you got a new guy with new ideas, that's going to be the best thing coming into Washington. We, we, Appreciate you, Thanks dude. for the call. We're not going to know this right away. This could also just be as simple as, as I said, kind of coming in. I, I hate to use the frame, this term, courtesy interview, right? But you're my guy. You're on my staff. I brought you in here to be the OC's coach. I got an opening. It'd be tough if I didn't. It would look really bad if you didn't get an interview. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to interview you. Now, I happen to think, I'm on record, I think they're going to go with Pat Shermer. I think he's the guy. It makes the most sense. All the ties are back to Rivera. But one thing Ron cared a lot about, it seemed like when he came here, was the coordinators were going to hire his guys. Like Scott Turner happened to already be insulated in the the Panther way, so to speak. Hashtag keep pounding. But if Kevin O'Connell was going to be the OC, 
He wants to do it. I want this quarterback's coach, this receiver's coach. Like, that kind of thing got some pushback, right? So if you hire Zampezi, you don't have to worry about him wanting to go outside the building at a quarterback level, at a, at a wide receiver level, at an O-line level. Whereas if you go Shermer, does someone like Shermer want to bring in his own coaches? Is that an issue? I mean, Rivera likes the coaches on his staff to be his guys who he's been with for a long time. Let's go to Kane in Winchester. How's Undertaker? Happy sidewalk day. How are y'all? Doing well, thank you. What up, bud? Good. Hey, in my very humble yet extremely accurate opinion, uh, the best candidates are still playing football. Uh, I wouldn't pick anybody from anybody from the last four teams. That would be it. Uh, as far as Ampezi, that's a hard pass. Um, Shermer, not excited. But the first time you're going to figure out who's right and who's not is probably going to be the first couple preseason games. It's all about play calling. Appreciate you. Thanks, dude. So his take is extremely legitimate, which is to say, if you're actually hiring an OC uh-huh. right now in this cycle, you should 1,000% go to this the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals and get their quarterback's coach or, or wide receiver's coach or someone who's their pass game coordinator. That's what you should be doing. Those teams throw the ball a ton. That is not what this staff is trying to do, though. They don't want Mike McDaniel. They don't want Sean McVay. They don't want Kyle Shanahan. Look at the interview list. They want someone who will come here and say, how much can I run the ball? That's what they want. That is their preference. And on top of that, I think they want someone who is willing to come here knowing that there's an ownership sale happening, that they might only be here for a year. Yeah. If you're a hotshot coordinating candidate, you're not going to be here with a quarterback situation. Just not the pond they're fishing in right now. So, yeah, I I think that's how you hire the best possible candidate. I don't think that's the mission here right now. I think they're looking for a fit for what they want to be. And the glove fits for Shermer. The glove fits for Zampese. Yeah, there's there's a Venn diagram here of who's willing to take this gig and who they can get. And that's the crossover. It's not uh, Shane, is it Steichen or Steichen? I can't remember. Steichen. Yeah, Steichen in Philadelphia, right? That guy is going to be in demand for head coaching He might get gigs. the Chargers job. Yeah, like that's what, that's, I'm with you. By the way, to your point, I'm with you. Please do that. Please stop doing this and do that. But this current time is bizarre, and they got to fish in this weird pond that no one else is fishing in. Let's go to JR, who is in Waldorf. What's up, JR? Hey, what's up, buddy? I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you all this. I think what Ron needs to do is he needs to be a coach for real. And I just feel like him keep picking guys that he's comfortable with is not working. So he needs to get somebody that's going to use all the weapons that you have available. And running the ball is not the we- the best weapons that you have in the team. You got a young guy who you you hit on the draft with Jahan Dawson. You need to explode, exploit on the weapons that you have. That's catching the ball. You got to get Terry. You gave him a big contract. You need to get them involved in the offense. Hundred percent. You don't need to get people that you're comfortable with that starts the the season off slow. Even the defense. I mean, we're talking about the offense, but we're tired of the defense starting off slow as well. You need to get guys that's going to take advantage of your weapons and and go with that instead of being the comfortable guy picking guys that you know. I just feel like he needs to get an offensive coordinator that's going to do it his way and not just go with what Ron wants. Love it. They've correctly prioritized weapons on offense. I screamed about this three years ago, that this is what they should be doing. 
They've done the right thing, and now they're they're standing there over that and going, look at these weapons we've created. Let's not use them and go to the third round battering ram running back and 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 play nineteen eighty five football. It's insane, but that's what they're doing. Nope. Coming up at four, your Beltway Blitz. Nick Dowd on the Capitals in that blitz. Looking forward to that. Four twenty five. If you are pro Sam Howell, that could be the plan. It sounds like they're going to roll with Sam Howell. A lot of us are. We think that that's a good plan. Don't spend any money. Rookie contracted quarterback, build other positions up, see what happens. What would make you break glass on that plan? What quarterback option becoming available? What team calling about which quarterback would you say, all right, I was in on Sam Howell, but now I'm actually going to go this direction. We'll get into that next hour. Double play is next on Grant and Danny. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The second biggest premiere watching live in the last decade plus on HBO. So they haven't tallied all the numbers yet of HBO Max or whatever the service is. Is it Plus or Max? I can't remember which is the new one. Anyway. Max. Uh, yeah, as, it's, so it's Max Scherzer. As people watch kind of across the week, these numbers increase and become different. So the biggest of the last decade plus was House of the Dragon. So that did a huge premiere and then you know upwards of 20-some million people per week were watching it. The Last of Us, the second biggest premiere they've had over all sorts of shows like True Detective, Veep, Westworld, Silicon Valley, Leftovers, Euphoria, Chernobyl, huge mega tentpole shows uh, from HBO. This did the second best all the way going back to uh, the year 2010-2011. So it's got some momentum. It's doing very well. The first episode in the books, very, very highly rated. We even got our own Grant Paulson to watch it, and it resulted in some very angry text messages some refusals, some harsh words before the show started. Mm. The rest of us just got to sit there and take it. Oh, no. That's right, Frank. I loved it. Darius loved it. America loved it. Grant Paulson did not. Well, I'm happy fair to say. Thank you, Coach. Here's the problem, and I, I, didn't, I wasn't even going to acknowledge my gripe with it, to be honest with you, because there's no possible way for me to explain what I without don't spoiling, like without yeah. spoiling. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I will just tell you that as a show, if you watch this first episode, I don't know how you wouldn't be interested in the second episode. I think if you're a person who watches television and you watch this show, you will find it compelling, yep. interesting, well done. I think the acting is good. I think the writing is... It, it's honestly more visually like well acted than dialogue. There's not a lot there. I agree the, with that actually. Um, it's a lot of like grimacing and looking around and being angry. But that having been said, I think the acting's exceptional. If you've watched it and you're curious, you can tweet me at Grant H. Paulson or you can send me an Instagram <laughs> DM. I'll tell you what I hate so much about it. I, I would just tell you this: at this point in my life, yeah, I struggle with certain things when I'm watching TV and movies. Mm-hmm. And this violated that rule. Yep. That's all I can say. Now, you understand our predicament. We couldn't tell you 
hey, heads up, by the way, because we know you. We know what you like and don't like. Yeah. I could have been like, by the way, because I'm already known as, as spoiler uh, Steve. Honestly, over here. in you this wish I told case, you? I needed you to. Okay. I honestly think if you, in, in the future, just as an aside, yeah. if you would have told me, I think it would have, I would have been okay. Mm. Or, or at least I wouldn't have been as mad. Like, I was legitimately mad at oh, you. Oh, I know. You were mad. And more so my brother, but also kind of at you last me? night. Anyway, it, I think if you're just asking me, I'll, I'll be very succinct. Yes. Is this show, was the first episode good? Yes. Could this show be a huge success? Yes. I'm shocked by the fact that it was number two, by the way. I'm shocked by that. Really? Yeah. Number one, I haven't seen it advertised that well. Maybe I'm not watching enough HBO. Admittedly, I, I haven't, other than Hard Knocks, watched anything lately on HBO since House of the Dragon. So I think that's a little weird. Also, the idea that a video game to TV is just that much of a smashola. I mean, maybe a lot of people like me that didn't play the video game are watching. But generally speaking, I would think the excitement comes from people playing the video game. Was was the video game that big of a hit? It was a mega smash. They've redone it on multiple platforms since. Like it came out on the PS3. There's a PS4 version. There's a PS5 version. I'm not even talking about sequels. Right. The original one is such a classic. So it's been it's done very well for itself. I mean, even the idea that you could go from... You know, how many times have we seen the video game turn into a movie, right? right? And it's like two hours, it's popcorn, it's dumb, but we're shooting some stuff. How do you whatever. think that they, how does the show do at recreating the video game? Outstanding. Really? Outstanding. Like the experience you Like had. the experience. So the hectic, chaotic, and this is no spoilers here, the hectic, chaotic opening moments, you're dropped right in playing the game. Yeah, and the way it's shot, yeah. by the way, is unbelievable. In the chaos that you're referencing, yes. I, don't, I don't think it's a spoiler to say the the basic, you know, what's going on. Sure, you've, is, seen, you've seen the, tra- the trailer exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, you've seen this in a hundred movies, kind of like, oh my god, is this the last day on earth? Everyone's fighting for themselves to get out of town, kind of situation. But the way that that is shot, with you're in the truck with them, people yep. chasing them. Like, it is... That car chase... It's crazy. And there's you remember this. That car chase, or chase, I don't know what you want to call it. That car, the escape, whatever, right. right? Is, I'm not kidding you, a reprint of the opening of the game. I think they did that on purpose to, to for, guy, for dorks like me and Darius and whatever oh, so else. So it's exactly what it, it I mean, like. it, Grant, it's exactly... That's it. interesting. It's shot for shot. You can't do that the whole season. You could you can explore more characters and do more stuff with it, which is kind of the perfect format now. I mean, I really knew, do believe that... The TV and the series yeah. is now where like our best art is, like our best material for for consumption. Because movies, it's two hours, two and a half hours, or if you're like James Cameron, it's five. Martin Scorsese, it's like four and a half, or whatever. But you can't do the same deep dives on characters and development and growth that you can do with these shows. And the budgets are getting so big. I can't wait, man. I'm so, so excited. This is a once a weeker though. Yeah, you can't just binge it. That's right, can't binge. You know how I feel about that. I, I I'd like my shows bingeable. But there can't be too many to binge. Um, there can't be too many. That's sweet spot. I think I hit the sweet spot with uh, two series, two seasons. I'm looking for like 15 to 20 episodes, mm-hmm. which brings me to the show I started watching. you got to watch this. It's called Drive to Survive. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. It's called The White Lotus. The White Lotus. Yeah. Uh, you've seen this. Yeah. You talked about it on the show. I watched one episode. I don't know yet. Right. I hate all of the characters except for Alexandra Daddario. And, I hated her too, by the And the end. lady who had a baby. Uh, those are the two people so far that I like. Otherwise, everyone can kick rocks. They're so obnoxious. Very obnoxious. Very annoying. But here's what I'm going to tell you that's going to annoy you. 
if I had to watch one, like binge one of these two shows, mm-hmm. I would binge The White Lotus. I get that. I would choose Alexandra Daddario and Sydney Sweeney, you know, on the beach, and uh, and Megan Fahey, you know, uh, that's the uh, mom from Friday Night Lights, I think. That's Megan. Connie Britton. Oh, uh, Connie Britton's her name. So who's Megan Fahey? I don't know. She's another girl. Who's I Megan Fahey? She's another actress in the. Does she need any help? Series. Is she okay? Like, do we need to go help her? Uh, she, I would like to help okay. provide she, any help she, she would some need. Some assistance. Um, they do a very good job. They're wonderful actresses and do a great job yep. on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I enjoy uh, the, the program. The show, yeah. Based on the program. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll be watching the program. Acting, dialogue. So much that. acting it's on that show. Dario specifically, really, really good actress. Yeah. Big, big fan. Uh-huh. He's Danny M. Grant. You are listening uh-huh. to The Fan. The Beltway Blitz comes your way next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 